You're listening to the Gridiron Growl Podcast from ChopTalk.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 47 of the Gridiron Growl Podcast. This is none other than your boy, David Silverquist, along with lead man in charge at Chomp Talk, Brian Fox Jr., and the man who grades the Gators for us every single week, Jake Hit. And joining us today is Zach Albaverde from the Gainesville Sun, and we're going to be talking about some huge game-changing news in the college football world with a proposed 12-team playoff. But before we get into all of that, first off, Zach, how you been, man, and how you been handling this Florida heat? I've been trying to stay cool, uh, obviously, and thank you guys for having me on. And it's uh, now I'm really just trying to enjoy some downtime because there's actually no UF sports going on for the first time in a while. Right? Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird, man. You're, you you get into those couple months where you just have nothing going on in UF, and, and unfortunately, you know the, what happened with the baseball, basketball, and everything else now just kind of cuts every UF sport short right now. Yeah, obviously, David, that was a disappointing end to some of those seasons here this summer. But uh, as you know, with the football program, there's still a lot going on with recruiting the past two weeks. Uh, been crazy on campus, just trying to keep up with everything. And, you know, they also have some of the uh, incoming uh, freshmen reporting to campus as well that didn't make it as early enrollees. So uh, as you guys know, man, there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. No, there's not, and hopefully we'll get some good news here in a month or two. And I know kids right now, still early in the season, but uh, a lot of fans out there want to see some commits. Hopefully we get some. If not, then still plenty of time to go. Speaking of recruiting, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the proposed college football playoff bracket that is being proposed right now, I guess we'll find out here soon with within the next week when these people vote on it. The uh, bracket will feature 12 teams, the sixth highest-ranked conference champions, plus six at-large teams. The four highest-ranked conference champions would earn first-round buys, and the next four highest-ranked teams would host the teams ranked numbers 9 through 12 in the first round of playoff games. And after the first round, all of the games would take place at neutral sites. Now, some fans will say that they're tired of seeing the same teams in the playoff every year. You know, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson. These teams, like Oklahoma, like Ohio State, like Clemson, are pretty much the the high-caliber teams in their own conference. There's no real team that really competes with them every year and they want to see new matchups which is true I guess for a fan that teams not consistently getting into the playoff you would want to see different matchups but to me it's all about getting better as a team recruiting better and beating the best teams and that will get you into the playoff so Zach I want to ask you are you all for the proposed team playoff or not or do you have kind of like mixed feelings like I do uh, I do have mixed feelings. I definitely have mixed feelings. I, I'm a, a fan of expansion, uh, but I just – I don't understand why they didn't go with eight teams from the get-go and why they're not going with eight teams now. I just – to me, that's always seemed like the appropriate number to determine a national champion. And, and really, when they had the BCS system, other than just getting rid of the computers, they could have kept the same four BCS bowls that they had – kept rotating those in terms of determining a national champion, but they went with four knew that there was no way that that was going to last. I didn't think that we would experience so much um, lack of parity that we have the last few seasons. Um, But at the same time, I mean, going to 12 teams, I just don't, I just don't think you need to have a 12 team playoff, at least in college football to figure out who's the best. And 
Um, maybe I'm in the minority there, and, and I'm all for more football. But And I'm sure those teams, 9 through 12, are absolutely stoked uh, and will be about the opportunity to go compete in the playoff if this comes to fruition. Um, but I, I just feel like it, it's a little much. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I, I'm excited about the fact that there will be some new matchups. You, you, you know, hopefully we'll see once they get to the you know semifinals some different teams in there competing for it all. And I think at the end of the day, that was the driving force behind all this. Dave, after, you know, it's kind of funny after a year of not having fans in, in stadiums to get to see the last couple of weeks of college baseball and to see packed houses pretty much everywhere, except the university of Florida. Uh, and, and just to kind of think that you're going to see that now in playoff football, like you're going to have home games the swamp could host a playoff football game and to see the kind of energy and the kind of atmosphere that that could bring forth. I'm, I'm pumped for it. Do I think it's the right move necessarily? No. I, uh, you know, I really don't want to see a one versus 12 matchup potentially. Uh, but you know, who, who cares right now? My focus is, Hey, look, we're going to see some of the coolest atmospheres. I wish that conference championships at all conferences were played on campus because I think it'd be a much more lively atmosphere. It wouldn't feel so corporate in most of these places. Uh, and now you're going to get that opportunity except on the national stage. And I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, thing. And that was, and that was one thing about the eight teams is, is like I felt like if they went with eight, they could always, I guess, most years make sure that they got in the conference champions. And uh, I know now it's set up to where if it's 12, it's the six highest ranked conference champions. But um, to me, if you do it with, with that set up and, and you only have two at-larges, then those two that are getting in, in my mind, are really the only ones that could truly contend with the conference champions. But, look, at the end of the day um, – to have, like you said, Brian, um, some of those atmospheres where you're going to have matchups that probably would have never happened before. And I know we're getting a lot of neutral site uh, and home and home games that are, that have started recently. But to have obviously uh, postseason and playoff implications on the line, and um, to, to imagine what the swamp is going to be like uh, the first time the Gators do get in a situation where they're hosting. It's going to be incredible, man. And and obviously when you think about the Gators and this picture, you know, the one thing that, that is positive in the college football playoff several times over the last, you know, decade. Um, and you think about that 2012 season, certainly. And even I think I saw um, had there been a 12-team playoff, and Mullen would have actually had three of his UF teams uh, from his current tenure and one of his Mississippi State teams make a 12-team playoff with that format. So uh, it just speaks to the opportunity that it gives more teams to kind of compete for it all. Part of me thinks it's it's a little bit too much too soon. I think they should have probably experimented with maybe six or eight before they even just jumped all the way to 12. And a, a part of me, I was thinking about it earlier, is player safety, man. I mean, these players, they're – probably going to be taking on two to three maybe extra games per year. Uh, do you think that's an ultimate detriment or risk to those players' career? I mean, a lot of them want to go to the NFL. Are they going to want to play those two to extra three games? Well, I guess for a playoff, but still. I mean, I'm sure if you ask most players, especially the ones that have the opportunity to go play in those games, they the competitor in them yeah. would tell you, let's go. And uh, they're not thinking like that. Um, I mean, 
I just feel like if this is the direction that it goes, and especially if you're going to continue to have more home and home uh, games, like I, like I said, I mean, you you just got to do away with these cupcake games and these you know matchups against uh, you know, Division two teams. Yeah. If we're going to be having twelve team uh, playoffs in an expanded postseason, those games got to end, and that's right. that's one thing that you can certainly do to uh, not have athletes go out there, at least college football athletes. Um, and that's, you're basically taking one Saturday away from them in a game that, that really, you know, if, if you were asking them to go and uh, take all the risks that come with playing college football, I think they would much rather take them for a conference game or for a conference title game or for a playoff opportunity than some cupcake game at the middle of the season where their big school is, is paying some small school a huge sum of money. So that's the one thing that I want to see go away from college football. And maybe this uh, expansion will, 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 will allow that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, I, I, who am I to worry about player safety? You know, it's up to the players. It's not up to me. I think, I think honestly, they should have let the players vote. But like you said, the players would have probably already been for it anyway, especially for a chance at a playoff. But, you know, who knows, man? That that's it's something new. It's something fast that they threw at us real quick. I think they should have slowed their way into it. But uh, the other thing that popped up in my head was the recruiting implications of this. I mean, you got teams that now are consistently in the playoff, the top four right now, and and they're going to recruit saying, "Hey, if you want to be in the playoff every year, you come to this school." And now teams, there's more teams that can say that now with with twelve teams into this playoff. Uh, what do you think that does for recruiting all the way around? I think that's a great point, David, and and I do this uh, started as we all know. That's the one thing that I just speaking from a Florida perspective. That's that's been one thing that they haven't been able to offer or sell to recruits is that you know we're competing on a on a playoff stage, and uh, that's even something that that Georgia has been able to sell uh, on the trail, even though they don't have any national championships to count for, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, what have you done for me lately? And lately it's just been those same four or five teams that are in it every single year. So to now have it, uh, be an expanded number and programs that weren't really in the mix before, were just kind of on the outside looking in, um, now have an opportunity to, to tell those recruits when they go out there, like, look, we're actually in contention for this and you don't just have to go to Alabama or you don't just have to go to Clemson or Ohio state to get this shot to play on the big stage. You can do it right here. And, and what that's going to do to, um, you know, I don't think it's going to necessarily take away or slow down anything for Alabama recruiting or Clemson recruiting, but it's going to make kids not feel so inclined to go there as they have been in the past. Hey, Zach, what do you think? Is there scheduling implications with this decision? I know Florida has really kind of beefed up its schedule over the next decade plus, but now you're talking about potentially going nine and three with what Florida has scheduled. Could that have implications? Could Florida now be sitting back and saying, wait a second, we didn't really want to play LSU, Alabama, and Utah or whoever's on the schedule at that point. What do you think of the potential there? Um, I think you look at, you know, both ways and I'm sure there's, there's two different arguments. Um, you know, you, you're trying to bolster your chances of making into the playoff to improve your resume. Uh, you know, the, but the one bonus though is, is, you know, really like now you can, as much as it, 
maybe beefs up your schedule, kind of uh, makes it harder on the competition and harder on your players to make it through the season. Um, at the same time, if you take one of those losses early in the year, especially in a home-and-home home situation, whereas in years past, if you take a loss, um, it could really hurt you and pretty much eliminate your chances of making the playoffs. Now you can you know, lose one or two games or maybe even potentially three and still have a shot at making it, especially if one of those or two of those losses came in a neutral side or a home-and-home home situation. So, you know, I think that there's times where teams will get credit um, for, for having that type of a schedule and if it hurts them. But there are other times where it'll come back to bite them in the butt and they'll just lose one too many games that they don't even get the benefit of the doubt. And it does actually cost them, you know, a postseason opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, and in a perfect situation is the perfect situation in Florida last year. Uh, Florida loses to LSU and lost to Texas A&M earlier on in that year. Honestly, the, the the playoff committee was very generous after Florida had lost to LSU and only ranked them down one more rank from 6 to 7. But if you have something like uh, this happen to Florida again, say they lose two or three games, they could still be in playoff contention. And, um, you know, and, and then you got teams like UCF that, want to play these SEC teams and say that they're better than these SEC teams, now they can step up and prove it. Now they can, if they can get into that 1-12 to 12 range, if they get an undefeated schedule, because a lot of these, these teams that are undefeated in these other conferences, it, it really, it's hard for them yeah. to go up into the top 10 or, or, or at least make it up into like the top four region. Now they have an excuse and now they can be in the playoff and compete with everybody else. Yeah, and that's the one thing that's, you know, will be cool. As much as I'm not like Brian excited about seeing a one versus twelve matchup, the day that that happened, that upset happens, and you know if we ever see that in college football, uh, that'll be really cool, and I'll probably take back some of the things that I said. But I do think, um, however, I will say that I think that it's harder to upset. It will be harder to upset a number one seed in this type of NCAA bracket than it will be. In, a, in an NCAA basketball, you know, bracket or, or, or one of the other, uh, you know, playoff brackets that we have in college sports. I mean, look at the disparity that, that there's already existed between the, the, you know, the number one seeds already between the number four seeds and some of the other playoff years and, and uh, years where we've seen Notre Dame just get absolutely dragged by Alabama and some of these, some of these one versus four matchups. I don't know how much more competitive we'll, we'll see with, um, you know, one versus 12, but hey, man, like if for Coastal Carolina, for a school like that, if they get a chance now to get in because of this, um, even if they don't win, that's still, you know, a cool moment for that program. Maybe not the best thing for college football and maybe not needed, like I said, in terms of determining the best team. But at the end of the day, you're opening the doors for more programs and, and getting more exposure to them. And, and that, no matter what, is not a bad thing. And Zach, after all this gets going, I'm sure we're going to be having debates about who the 12th and who the 13th best team is. So it's only a matter of time, really, until we get to a 16 or 24 team playoff, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that, that's my thing. Is I mean, how far down the rabbit hole are we going to go? I I don't I don't think that they can go past 16 with this. I mean, I'm, it's just I know that it's um, you know, I, I know that across the NCAA, this is just uh, the norm. But with college football and, and the demand that's on these athletes like David talked about, I just think already going to 12 is a bit of a stretch for me. I can't imagine that they go to 16 or 24. Um, 
But who knows, man? We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we finally, you know, if if the team like Notre Dame does make it in the top four, we don't have to sit here and whine and complain about somebody getting just a free free ride to the next round. Now that you have you know eleven other teams primed for it, so uh, you won't have those boring like those teams that get into the playoff that you know are just going to get trounced by Alabama or a, or a Clemson team. Now you actually have teams that, you know, are in the SEC that you think could be better competition towards them, and now they'll get their chance to play it and prove it. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is, is for um, as much of those at-larges that we talk about um, and, and will be cool to see and debate, at the end of the day, we all know that it's going to be extra teams from the, from the you know, SEC most likely that are probably going to make it after those six conference champions. And, um at the end of the day, if you if you want the best field of teams, uh, it, it's probably going to feature a lot of a lot of teams from the SEC. Yeah, pretty much. I I totally agree with you, and, uh, Zach. Uh, I know you don't have much time with us, but uh, I wanted to go ahead and uh, ask you, man. You've been quite the music artist here lately, man. You uh, have a few hits on social <laughs> media called "Over" and "Eternal Bliss." Real quick, tell us a little bit about your new journey in the music industry and what inspired you to go down that path for us, real quick. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, I appreciate you asking. I appreciate you and uh, Brian, man, for sharing my stuff and um, being supportive of it. It's been it's been cool. And no, obviously, you know, we all have our our hobbies and things that we do in our free time. And and for me, uh, you know, music has always been something that's you know been in my life. I, I did music a lot when I was in high school and stuff. And um, once I became a dad and went to college and like focused on my career, I didn't do it as much. Um, and really got away from it. But, uh, over the past, like, you know, two years or so, I've kind of gotten back into it. I think the pandemic probably helped, uh, give me some free time on my hands, but no, it's just been, it's been fun, man. It's been, uh, I've enjoyed getting back into it. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't realize I did music or like had that side of me. So, uh, being able to introduce people to that and even get, you know, some great feedback on it has been cool, you know, and then I have, I have two sons that are, are in the music as well, but you know, musical instruments, they play piano and guitar and stuff like that. So to be able to like show them uh, the process of making music and making a song and putting out your own project. Um, that's also been kind of rewarding because they've definitely, I think learned something from seeing all that take place. Zach, did you do most of the recording or anything here in Gainesville? Yeah, man, I did everything, everything here in Gainesville. Um, I got some production, from outside, you know, um, some producers that, that sent me some beats from, from Cali. And I got a guy from New York, um, that I got some stuff from, but, but everything that I've worked on for myself and all the production stuff, uh, was done here in Gainesville, uh, by my guy, Drew, man, he went to school for audio engineering and does a great job. And he really brought my sound out, man, because I hadn't been in the studio in a while. So, um, you know, he, he helped me kind of find my sound and, uh, I was happy with the project that I, you know, I put out, um, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's called get my good side. It's, um, it's out on all platforms. You can go check it out. And it is basically a play on, you know, kind of like that two face theme from the DC comics, uh, you know, character yeah. where, you know, everyone's kind of like got a good side, got a bad side. And it just kind of plays off that. Um, and, and I, I think there's a song on there pretty much for everybody. I think there's some on there for somebody to enjoy. 
Yeah, man, really good. Um, hey, next time we get you on here, if we have a little bit more time, maybe we get you to do some uh, freestyle right here. <laughs> oh, hold on now, Brian. You know I don't freestyle for free now. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, we'll talk I'm about like, that. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Kadarius Tony, right? <laughs> right, right. That's what he. That's that's what he told. Uh, that's what he told NFL Network during his workout at, <laughs> at, at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's, yeah, I, I heard that, and I was like, that that is a true MC right there. I love it, man. Love it. No, man, love what you're doing. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. You guys can follow me on Twitter. Um, at my name, Zach Albaverde, all, all together. Read my work at Gatorsports.com. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, we don't have any Gator sports going on right now because all the seasons are over, but uh, we still try to cover recruiting and, and keep you guys posted on that. And, um, you know, some other stuff that we'll be doing this summer in terms of features and just some different things that we have uh, with a little bit more free time. Uh, so, yeah, man, check us out and, and certainly looking forward to football season this fall. Hey, thanks a lot, Zach. All right, Zach Albaverde. Thank you for joining us on the Gridiron Growl podcast, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Let me know uh, when I can join you guys again. All right, man. Thank you, man. And that was Zach Albaverde over there from the Gainesville Sun. And if you want to check out some of his music, go on YouTube. And I believe he has some music over there on SoundCloud as well. So now we have Ryan Haley joining us who covers baseball and basketball for us as well, along with Jake Hitt, who was awaiting silently figuring out his brackets over here for uh, the last years for these 12-team playoffs. But we'll get into a little bit of this. But I took to Twitter. And I said, what's your take on the proposed 12-team playoff? Also, and all your... four of you responded. We loved it. <laughs> yes. All, all 11 of you guys. So this is a small <laughs> sample size. But just trying to get, engage the fans' minds just a little bit. 27.3% said I am for it. 45.5% said I am not for it. And 27.3% said not sure what to think. So those 11 people that commented and, and, and you know voted on that link. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. I, I, I love. You're that, welcome, Dave. I love that. I love that in an 11 person vote, you broke it down by percentages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. That's that, that's that's the wonderful high school mathematics degree that I have. Like in, in the back of my head, I was like 27.7 percent. Is that three people? That's yeah, three. that's. I did the exact same. I was like, that's three, three. right? Three. <laughs> no, it's it's hard for me to concentrate with the amount of calculus. I feel like Jake's doing over there in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's got his brackets going on over here. Right. What do you think about this 12 team playoff, man? Um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of the move. Um, I mean, obviously before anything else for player safety, it is adding a game. And so as long as they can do that in a way that may, doesn't compromise like 19 to 22 year old unpaid athletes who are likely looking to go for a level above, um, as long as they can do this in a way that doesn't jeopardize them and their health and their careers, I'm all for it because I know that you guys have had this probably had this point in the past. Like this isn't going to change who the best team in college football is in 2022 or 2021. It's not, it's still going to be Alabama Clemson or Ohio state. But I think I, I can't remember the exact number, what it is, but those three schools have won all but four of the college football playoff games that have been played so far. So when you have three teams that are just monopolizing all the success like that. If you're a five-star prospect, why would you go anywhere else? And it just like feeds and feeds and feeds. Yeah. And now I don't think all of a sudden like five SEC teams are going to go 10 and two, but like 
you're going to see like Georgia and Florida probably have a like north of 50% chance every single year to make the playoff as long as so does like a Texas A&M. Like yeah. you're going to have more teams in the SEC and more teams around the country that have a shot. And I, honestly, I think the biggest victory of this is conference championship weekend. Because every year we got the conference championship weekend and it felt like there were four, maybe five teams. Like the most dramatic thing in conference championship weekend this past year was is if Notre Dame gets blown out by enough, do you think the committee knocks them out? And this year it's going to, like we could see like five, six seed swings and teams fighting for their playoff lives. It's like literally win or go home. Right. So I think that's going to be the biggest victory for me. It's like those American conference champions, the SEC conference loser where they fall, stuff like that. I think it's going to be the biggest victory. Well, this was crazy. I'm doing my I'm doing my math over here, and I think Uh-oh. I have this right for last you adjust, year. Adjust your tinfoil hat. Co- uh, <laughs> Coastal would have actually been left out. Your final spot would have been taken by Indiana. No, really. Who would have probably like, who was way more entertaining in the back half of the year, the, the front half of the year than the back half. So I don't know, but that's all based on their own ranking. So they might re-rank it. Yeah, they probably would re-rank that, but that, that's really cool. Um, thank you, Jake, for the math. And, and we were talking with Zach about how, you know, players are going to be playing more games. Are they going to take away some of the out-of-conference games that, you know, these, these you know, out-of-conference schools make paychecks off these games? Now now they're the ones not getting the benefit of it now if they're going to take away those type of games. So how it are those schools going to make money now? It wouldn't surprise me. You know what? I don't think they do this, but last year also showed conferences like, hey, we can identify who the best team in our conference is in less than 12 games. Yeah. Like, we don't need to play four out-of-conference games to, like, really know. And is that might be kind of a double-edged sword for those smaller schools. Like, the, the best smaller schools, like the UCFs, Coastal Carolinas, Boise States, shout-out Brian, um, those schools – are going to have more of a chance to like get into the playoff and gain national attention. But the really tiny schools like the Samfords, I think is on Florida schedule this year. They just like might not play top teams anymore. If it gets to the point where we're like, if I, I think they're going to try it the way they have it for a year or two. Yeah. But I think if injuries spike in the playoffs, I think that's going to be the biggest victim is going to be the first thing they try and scratch off the list. Well, I think the committee had a uh, – with the all-conference schedules last year with the pandemic, I think they kind of had a sample size of, well, if these teams can play every team in their conference and there be not as many injuries, why can't we have a 12-team playoff? I, uh, you know, I would assume. Probably. I, I, I don't know, but it, I think it's just too quick too soon a little bit, but I have mixed feelings about it because I like it as a fan. I mean, you get to see so many more intriguing matchups that you probably would never get to see before. And, you know, obviously I said earlier, you get to shut, you get to shut up UCF now. So, you, you know, they're not. <laughs> that is true. That, that's been my favorite thought experiment so far is everyone's like, oh, we can't let a group of five team and they get slaughtered. But like, we have no idea. They probably yeah. would. But like now we'll know. Although I also think like to add on to that, it makes the regular season less important, but it was almost like drastic before. Like I felt like in years past there were – four teams in the country that could afford a regular season loss and still make the playoff. And I feel like now that in this 12 team system, 
obviously like if you lose to a team you have no business losing to it's going to look really really bad yeah. like i don't think florida can lose to like south carolina and kentucky next year and like still look good but if you like have a game like the lsu game where you lose by to by a field goal in the like like last minute like it's not as much of a dagger through the heart yep and i think that like it doesn't it, I feel like it was enough of a balance of like providing more competition while also not making the regular season completely irrelevant. But for teams like Alabama and like Clemson and those teams, like they're not going to care as much. Right. Yeah. And I was talking to Dave earlier this week about all of this too. And he said, does it take away from the rivalry games? I mean, so if Florida plays Georgia, say Florida was to defeat Georgia, Usually in that kind of a game, there's title implications in that game most of the time. So now, if you knock one of the teams out in Jacksonville, are you potentially going to play them once again in this playoff now? And does that game even matter anymore, even if you lose it? Say say Florida was to lose to Georgia, go to the playoff, and then beat Georgia and knock them out. I would say, I mean, obviously playing them in a playoff game would be an entirely different level. But... Like, I wouldn't say the Florida-Georgia matchup is meaningless because, like, if you have a matchup between playoff teams and any other sporting organization, like, that seeding still matters. Like, that difference between Florida being 10-1 and or 9-2 and with, like, a victory or a loss against Georgia, that could be the difference between being, like, the three seed or, like, the eight or the nine seed yeah. in that playoff but system. And that's, like, it doesn't kill their season, but it's massive. Well, here's the thing. In 2019, when they lost to Georgia, based on this system, Florida would have actually played Georgia again. So I would think that it would make that game more meaningful because they lost it. So they'll want to, they'll, it's, and it's going to mean more to them because they're going to want to get revenge and also move on in the playoff. Right. And we're also talking about it's going to give you home field advantage. This is, mm-hmm, yeah. you're talking about a rivalry where they've only played at each other's we stadium one that. time. And you don't ever see that. And you want to win that game in Jacksonville so that if you meet in postseason, it's happening at your stadium, hopefully underneath the lights. Uh, Yeah, I think it's only going to add to the intrigue of the rivalry. The SEC is still most likely going to be going through Gainesville or Athens for the next decade plus with these head coaches, assuming they they stay in place. So I, I think it only adds to the rivalry, if anything else. Can we just take a second to close our eyes and imagine what the swamp would look like during a playoff game of Florida versus Georgia? Oh, my God. You couldn't fit enough people in there, man. No. No, I, uh, for, it would actually be you'd be going to Sanford Stadium, though. Oh, right. Still. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Athens, Athens would still be nuts, and Sanford would, would be absolutely either, insane. But, but I was playing a hypothetical, not saying that would have happened in 2019. But that's, oh, okay. I think, a lot of the good that's Thank coming you, from this is that it's the atmosphere of college football more than it is the atmosphere of X stadium. This is good for all of college football in the long run. Like Ryan mm-hmm. said, the one through four teams, they don't care. They're going to be in it too. And they're going to get a bye. They're going to get a week to rest <laughs> while these other mm-hmm. teams are banging each other up. It's it's going to be the, the schools. And, and Dave, I know you hate them, but it's going to be the UCFs, the mm-hmm. Boise States, the Cincinnati's. Those are the schools that are going to benefit the most from this kind of playoff. And what it could result in is an arms race amongst group of five schools. And it could be a really cool thing to watch as an observer who 
you know, a brother fan that watches Florida football. <laughs> also, like to add to the extra game thing, I don't want to devalue how much, a, like how much, um, like a physical toll a game of football takes on a person. But the only there are only going to be, um, barring a um, like low seed making a deep run, the only teams adding a game would be the two championship teams. Because they, they were going to play two anyway, and now they just have to play an extra game. Or you just lose a round early. So unless you are a like lower eight seed that makes it to the semifinals somehow, or you go to the national championship, there's not, there's not an added game. But that's still going to be the same programs year after year, at least for the immediate future. That's going to have like 16 games now. Right, and then what Ryan's saying is you're going to take that bowl game away from that program. Mm -hmm. So they're still playing their 12-game regular season, their conference championship, and instead of a bowl game, they're playing a first-round playoff game. I get you, absolutely. Absolutely. I have two questions for the panel. Uh, One of them, like, what is it about Division II FCS and, like, Division III that this system of having, like, a ton of teams and a playoff works – but we lose our minds when we try to go from four to 12 or four to eight. And then the other thing would be what's more important, do you think, to a top four team, that first round by or playing in front of your fans at home for a playoff game? Uh, to answer the que- the first question, in Division One, FBS, whatever this is, college football, there's only four teams that really deserve the shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we say, we say that, but how many Division Two titles has North Dakota State won in the last? 15 yeah, North Dakota years? State's run the table the last couple. They win like yeah. twelve of the last fifteen. <laughs> like they're insane. Yeah, I guess you're right. They don't even need a bracket. <laughs> and a lot of their quarterbacks are going to the NFL too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two top five I have, picks. I have no. I have it's no. A source I have subject. No, I have no experience with a North Dakota State quarterback. Brian knows. <laughs> It's a sore subject. <laughs> um, Elaborate for us, Brian. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis's quarterback, uh, big softy. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to say. <laughs> uh, that's that's all does, I got. He doesn't even want to go into detail. Uh, Jake, I would, I would rather take the bye. I mean, I mean, you Absolutely. do get the, the home field advantage, but you get one less game. And even if you have home field advantage, it doesn't necessarily guarantee you win either. But so it's would, just weird because. Like you, you know, you play all these games, you dominate everybody, you get this top four seed, and then all the teams that did quote unquote worse than you get to have a playoff game at home while you sit on the couch. Like, I know you don't have to play that extra game, but it almost feels like they got rewarded for having a worse season. Jake's exactly right, though, because if you watch the MLB put in that wild card round now so that the, you know, the extra teams get in. Those teams end up winning and going to the World Series often because of the momentum they built in that initial game or two. And I think that's something that you could end up seeing. The problem is you're going to run into Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and and that's the difference, I think. But I, I completely get what you're saying, Jake. We see wow. it in other sports all the time. My only counter, I guess, on that other sport argument is when we see this happen, Like I'm, the top example that comes to my mind is like the Washington Nationals winning the world series when we see something like that happen and then building momentum off winning a wild card game that's because they win that game at home and then the next series they still get home games and their fans just like had a game 
to get ready. I don't know how well that momentum carries over to a neutral site. Yeah. And it's not but like it's, they are it, like, it's a weird dynamic because one team is getting an extra home game, but it's not like the top four teams are getting one taken away. Yeah. So I don't like, I just don't know if the risk of a playing an extra game that could potentially hurt your star players and b the risk of having an extra elimination game. I don't know if that really outweighs having another home game when really like you are like, it's not like if, it's not like if the five C wins at home, the four C just to go to them and play. Yeah. yeah but it's like you just don't, everybody else gets to play at least one game at home while you have to watch on TV and play neutral site games, but you get that week off. That's, but that's just, that's just me. I would think that like if I'm Ohio state and we're number three. It's like, dang, I wish we could host the game in the horseshoe. Oh, we just had a dang good. We can't. Or, you know, or you but could, you know what's fun is that we can have this conversation now. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. David. Or you could potentially avoid a harder game if you don't get that bye week and say you play like a 12 seed and you're whatever, or however they have the bracket, say that you're playing an easier team than what you would have normally have played in that four bracket with you getting a bye week. See, I think what they should do is the first four seeds should get to choose what they want. That's cool. Give me, I think, I think the NBA and all the sports should do it. All right. You're the one seed. You pick who you play in the first round. I don't care if it's the two seed. I (laughs) choose to play in the national championship. Like a, like a a messed up white elephant game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's like jeopardy, man. You can choose your own category. And what, what Brian in the second round of the NBA playoffs, who would you have picked if you were the Sixers? Nah, we're getting off topic. New York Knicks. Atlanta. <laughs> Out of the teams that were left, yes, 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you, what you mentioned in recruiting, too, uh, the, the teams that, like, say, if in Alabama, as dominant as they've been, if they go through, roll through this whole 12-team playoff unscathed, they can go to recruits and say, hey, look, nobody in the nation can beat us now. Like, we went through 12 teams, or they could – probably they only had five matchups, but they could present it as like, we went through all 12 of these teams and then recruits will just be stockpiling over there. But at the same time, a coach, as I just announced to Zach Alberti when we had him on, a coach can be like, well, you're guaranteed to get into the playoff now. Instead of like those top four teams saying, oh, we're always in the playoff and you'll always get a playoff spot. Now you got 12 teams that can say that. Well, my my counter to that is like, I I mentioned this to Zach off the air. It was like, it almost lessens that selling point because it goes, Hey, like Dan Mullen. Hey kid, you want to come play in the playoff? We go to the playoff almost every year. He's like, yeah, coach. You know, Hello, Nick Saban. What's that? You want to play? You want me to play for you? All right, sure. Sorry, coach. I'm going to Alabama. Like, I don't think it it's makes that separation. I do. I do think though a major selling point of Alabama and part of the reason that that dynasty has been so unforeseen in college football past is a lot of those five stars that get that call from Nick Saban are choosing to sit at least like two or three years, knowing there are older five stars ahead of them because they think they will win the title in two or three years. They just, that's the expectation with that program. And they are willing to sacrifice two or three years of their playing career for that shot. I don't, the big, my big issue, my big thing with this, that I want to emphasize, I don't think this change is going to happen in 2021 or 2022. I think it's going to be four or five, six years down the line once these other programs like Florida's, Georgia's, like those schools get year after year playoff exposure that like other five-star recruits are going to be like, do I really need to go sit for a few years in that big program 
to really have a shot at this. And I think it's once that, like, once those few efforts have been pounded in and <laughs> those first few shots have been tried, that's when it's, you're really going to see other, like those recruits be like, wait, or I could just go to Florida, for instance, not sit as long and sell just a high and chance of making good. the playoff. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really where I think that big selling point comes in. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, with the new name, image, and likeness deal, uh, a, a player has more playing time, has more time to uh, promote his product, I guess. And, and if they don't get rid of any games, look at the ungodly stats some of these good wide receivers are going to put up. You're going to have, like, wide receivers with, like, 2,000 yards in, in a college year. If they don't get rid of any games, I, so, I don't know how it's going to happen talking, or how it's going. You're to talking work. about wide receivers. If they don't get rid of any games. Trask's numbers from last year is going to look routine. Yeah. Well, what do you think now? See if this if this was into effect last year, and say Florida was to get in this 12 team and they made it all the way to the final, how many of how many passing yards would Kyle Trask have had? Probably like like all of them. Yeah, like eight thousand. All <laughs> I mean, of them. Just yeah. all the passing yards. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, there's so many scenarios that you could, uh, you know, go through. I know Jake over there is making his own little brackets over there for the past years. And <laughs> I, can, I can see the gears turning. Yeah, Jake's going. Jake's Hello. going a decade backwards instead of like I'm writing stuff down. Like, all right, man, in four years, yeah. Coastal Carolina is going to be really good. Appalachian State. <laughs> Jake, Hell, I, actually, I have eight. I have eight top twelves that I've written. Down. <laughs> Jake, I actually, you know what? Like, if you could, I don't know how easy this would be. If you could go back to 2007 for. Oh, oh, bro! I already got you. Let's go. <laughs> using the using the BCS uh, that 2007 year when nobody could beat anybody who no. was uh, as the number one team. Your top 12. Your first four will be Ohio State, LSU, Vautech, and Oklahoma. Okay, that's based. This is based on the BCS rankings prior to the national championship game. Uh, then your five and six are USC and I believe um, the Pat White led. West Virginia Mountaineers. <laughs> oh, good lord! Seven is Georgia. Eight Mizzou with Chase Daniel, okay. greatest uh, backup quarterback of all time. Nine is Kansas. Ten oh, is god. Hawaii with Colt Brennan. May he rest in peace. Arizona State couldn't name me a single player on that team making it. And then Florida with Tim Tebow, the Heisman Trophy winner, coming in as the 12 seed. As far as I remember. If I did that right, based on the BCS rankings. Hey, so if if assuming all this is going to happen or whatever, and I know it seems like it's headed that direction, they're taking the top six conference winners, which is kind of cool because this year I, I read that the Pac-12 wouldn't have even made it in, <laughs> to that top six. I thought that was actually really cool. All right, um, but no, it would have. Suck it, Oregon. Uh-huh. Are you sure? It would have been Oregon. Oregon was twenty-five. And they would have made it over. I, well, you, you've got the numbers in front of you, but you're guaranteed. A, you're guaranteed <laughs> one through six if you win your conference and you're ranked. Not there's ten conferences. Wait, yeah. So if it's one through six and it's ranked, were Coastal Carolina and whoever won the AAC above Oregon? Yeah. Cincinnati was above Oregon, and so was. Uh, we I would think we I would think they would here, folks. I would think they would value the Pac-12 over. It's not a value system. It's, it's not a value system. It's straight rent. rankings. But here's my okay. question. All right, all right. Are, are well, we the, going... the, the rankings are a value system. So are we? It will going... change them probably. But yes. 
are we going with a committee to give us the top 25 rankings every week? Are we going back to a BCS system? Because I am very much in favor of a BCS system. Also, can I just like point out, like just for myself personally, is it weird to anybody else that athletic directors from division one schools are ranking their own teams in like this thing? Like I never even like, considered that until like someone was like talking about where Scott Strickland is like, yeah, he's coming back from the college football playoff committee. And I think Florida was like third. And I was like, Strickland votes on that. First. I volunteer Florida. <laughs> See, that's a, that's but a question. Don't leave the room for those. I think he does actually, but okay, yeah, you know, he still has influence on the board. That's, yeah, but it's, it's still like all the athletic directors just voting on each other's teams. But I think that's why instead of having a committee, I would much rather go to a BCS style system that's giving me that top 25 rankings. And if you're going to take the top six on that is top six conference winners. And then you're going to take, that's the way I would do it. And that's the way I would do the final four right now. Could you imagine? Does anybody the, even remember how much, why we hated the computers? I can't. We hated not, but first off we hated the computers because it never picked the right teams. It seems. Yes. Yeah. But we never hated computers we hated the two two party system to speak politically here <laughs> so we got to four and we're like oh yeah four is great now we're like wait no we need at least five because you guys keep putting notre dame in there <laughs> with the, the people the people picking it can't pick it either so what does it matter no i was gonna but, say could, we, could you imagine the bedlam if last year was like an average coaches poll and everyone, oh. kept, everyone kept wondering why Ohio State was so low. And then Dabo just like comes out. And he's like, yeah, I had him 11. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually was actually my next question is what do you how do you think these guys like the committee ranks them now? Now that they know they can get 12 people in, do they favor some other team from different conferences just to get some different conference teams in there? To Even get them more than that, the like, if I'm Florida and let's say, let's say this year you go in and beat Alabama, right? Ooh. I know. Okay. I, look, All right, Brian. Predict- Calm down. Oh, no, that is not a prediction. Okay, you, got, you, heard, you heard it here first. Yeah. Brian thinks Florida's going to beat Alabama. But, but let's say that happens. What is even for Florida to say, hey, you know, we got like 15 guys that are sick before the Georgia game, right? <laughs> we should skip this game because Ohio State can make it in on six games. <laughs> you know who would not love them just deciding to not play the Georgia game is literally everybody in the city of Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, but, you know, Gator fans should be happy. <laughs> they should be. That's, well, I mean, that's implying yeah, we're, they would care in that moment. Picture. That's all I learned from this year was six games is all you need to play to get into the tournament. Yeah, but then you're going to have Lenny Curry bang on your door to play the game because he needs the revenue for his city. Wow. <laughs> It's all about the money, No, no, no. The no, actually, he probably, year, he right? probably won't with the Tim Tebow, uh, Trevor Lawrence jersey money. No, as he's going to want more money for that. As oh, long I as mean, Tebow's on the roster at that time, they ain't even going to need the Gator game. And actually, just cancel the Florida-Georgia game and make 22 copies of Tim Tebow play himself in different colors. It'll be the only time a 4-12 and team has a sellout crowd on average. <laughs> That is not true. <laughs> not true. Ooh, there's a giant horsefly in my room. Oh, God. This is a scary-looking thing. Hey, Dave, write this time down. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're, keep, we're keeping this, please. You guys, you guys ever – you guys see that meme of, like, the news reporter? He sees the buffalo coming at him? This is, no, this is what I'm feeling right you. now. I'm just like, I'm not getting near that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I think I'm going to go find me. something. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, well, Jake takes care of his horsefly problem in his room, which is a, a gridiron growl first, by the way. <laughs> We're going to uh, transition into our other sports segment that we do in the offseason before we transition over to all football during the season. So leaving our 12-team playoff scenarios, questions, and takes, we're going to talk about some super regional action. And now <laughs> it looks like Jake has officially took care of his horsefly problem. So we'll lead it off here with Jake Hitt. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, Gator Baseball might get unlimited, but nobody, but that does not mean that we stopped playing baseball. A lot of good super regional action over the eight sites, the 16 teams that we're playing. Uh, first of all, your number one overall seed, your best team in the nation all year. Allegedly. Gets knocked <laughs> off by NC State at their own super. And just, I mean, it's it, it was like I was watching Florida baseball. Florida baseball for so many years would come in as a number, like a top four seed, number one overall. And just like they would, the difference is they would make it to the CWS and blow it against other teams. This team blew it at their own super regional. Hey, hey Jake, Dude. do you have the like overall score from that super regional in front of you? Because I think Arkansas outscored NC State by like 16 runs across well, they the They won the first game 21 to 2. <laughs> and they still like, lost. No, well, that's talk about the resiliency of NC State. I mean, that's incredible to have come back. <laughs> it went it went 21 to 2, 6 to 5, 3 to 2. That was that was the score. I think if I lost the opening game of a three game series, twenty one to two, I would just curl into a ball in my hotel room and cry. Dude, my bags would have been packed before game two. <laughs> but hey, that's why you play the games, right? I mean, look, that's why it's three games. That's why it's not you know single elimination in yeah. any part of this at all. And I, that was probably the only shocker of the whole entire super regional so far. Yeah, um, Super Regional has been kind of boring. God, coming out like the two teams that I told Brian, I was like, I'm, you know, who I'm really low on, Stanford okay. and Arizona, and you yeah. know who made it to Omaha, Stanford and Arizona. So Ryan and I are talking to the Dugout Club, and we're just talking about the playoff bracket, like we have any idea every what we're talking take about. I had was wrong, and he was wrong on every single one of them, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. I did like <laughs> seven hours of digging. <laughs> and I was like, what did, these what teams... did you pick? Like US? Do you pick like ECU? No, I didn't. Vanderbilt? I didn't no, he I went with Campbell. <laughs> no, I didn't pick them. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick them. You were like, give me another team to look at here. And I was like, okay, sure, Campbell. But like, my thing on Stanford, Stanford was like outside the top 100 in the country in batting average, run scored, and team ERA. If you can't hit, can't score, and can't pitch, why am I going to pick you? And you know, they did they, all three of those things of those against things. Texas Tech. <laughs> I mean, they destroyed them in, in two of those three games. 100%. It wasn't even close. Well, none of y'all can get as wrong as Nick Delatore was on Twitter and all over TV and social media. If y'all didn't That's that my life up. motto, actually. Sorry. <laughs> you'll never yeah. be as wrong as Nick. Nick Nick was absolutely right though. <laughs> That's not a U, a good USF baseball team and he tweeted out that they aren't a good baseball team. Then they went on and actually it was featured <laughs> during their game against Texas. <laughs> Uh, so Nick was kind of dragged through the mud, which was phenomenal, but he's right. They just got hot at the right time and they happened to face two teams that weren't quite the opposite in Florida and, and Miami. So I, look, Nick's a friend of the program. Ryan and I oh, both yeah. like Nick, Jake, I guess likes Nick. 
Mm. Nick is Nick is I'm, I'm is, friends with Nick. Wait, that wasn't even the that wasn't even the most incendiary Nick tweet to get on TV. <laughs> is there another one? No, he had the stadium attendance thing where he like broke down the capacity percentage for like the SEC oh, teams yeah. that hosted a super regional, and like Ben Murphy put it on TV. Oh, oh yeah, I do remember that. We love Nick, man. We're just giving him a hard time. Love Nick. Nick's great. Well, Nick, Nick but he was my, right. Yeah. Nick made my job <laughs> in the press right, box yeah. a lot easier. And silently, yeah, Nick was fun. Yeah, Nick and Julio are my guys in the press box. <laughs> I don't know Julio because Brian won't let me meet him. No, no, he's my guy. <laughs> I, I get his stats. <laughs> he sits closer to me. He does. <laughs> anyway, back to, I mean, this, this week in Super Regionals. Mississippi State, Notre Dame, they're playing still right now. Mississippi State's got a big lead, but I really was disappointed in the Arizona Ole Miss series. I really thought both teams were going to put up a lot of runs combined, and it just happened to be blowouts for each of those three games. Yeah, they, it actually wasn't very good baseball at that. <laughs> Have we seen an abnormal number of blowouts this year, or am I just not paying attention to college baseball enough? Uh, I feel we'll like get, every time we'll, I we'll get Jake on, TV, on it, <laughs> I was about to say, I, 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 I don't, don't know. I don't know about, I think it's different because, well, first of all, I don't know. I don't know as well either because every time there was a super regional, Florida was usually in it. This is mm. probably the second year out of like the last 12 that they haven't been here on super regional weekend. But I will say it, it does feel like there's not there. Like the, the lower teams were not as competitive. If, if you take out NC state, like DBU and Virginia, one of those two teams was going to make the college world series and Virginia did. But like, other than that, it's pretty, pretty much chalk. Yeah. Jake's absolutely right. I mean, it kind of went exactly the way that you thought with the exception of Arkansas, uh, Jake, who, who do you got winning it all? Oh God! Well, I think you know with with Arkansas out, but I don't know. It's 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 a pretty it's because there some of the the good teams are still really good. Even Arkansas is not there, but I think Vanderbilt's uh, path to a, a repeat title probably got a lot easier. Um, I wouldn't discredit uh, Tennessee because they absolutely mashed the ball, um, and I think. Texas, what they they got a really good one-two punch in uh, Ty Madden and Hanson, and you know that offense. Like a lot of these teams have really good offenses, and they're one of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Longhorns take it, but I'll stay with the champs since they're there, even though I hate them so much. And Ryan, who do you think? I have the same thing. I have Vanderbilt. I think they have the two. I I think they have one of the best pitching duos that college baseball has ever seen. And I think that, like, I mean, with the structure of the way the College World Series works, some like they're going to have to lose, or someone's going to have to beat them. Maybe not the same team, but somebody two times in three games, essentially. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard. It's hard to it's go hard against to them, right? That. It's hard to do that because every four games they just reset with Kumar and Lighter, and it's like, well, darn! Now you have to. Someone's going to have to beat one of them. And that's a tall like something to beat one of them and like also beat Vandy again that third game and that's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'd love to see Stanford make a run because uh, Ryan discounted them from the very beginning. <laughs> um, so that would obviously be interesting. Uh, Arizona's offense is fun. I'm excited to see them over in that ballpark out there. Um, but yeah, I think in the end, Vanderbilt's just got too much pitching and they're just too good. Um, Tennessee is a team that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, they've had real good situational hitting all year. I think if I were to pick one team, it'd be Tennessee, but it would not surprise me at all if you saw a Tennessee and Vanderbilt final. And I, I, that sucks for most of the world, I think. <laughs> also, yeah, I think, I think uh, about 95% of the population hates both of those teams. Also, I think Vandy got away like bandits with their side of the bracket. Yeah, we talked about that beforehand. Man, that side of the bracket, they they should have it should have been the more difficult side. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Arkansas gets knocked off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and now you look at that, you, Arizona, NC State, who was unranked or not in the top 16, and Stanford. You're like, well, Vanderbilt can pretty much coast, and you don't even have to throw Kumar game one. You don't have to throw Jack Leiter in game two or one, and you save those guys for later on if you want. There's lots of options there. I wouldn't. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't. Would. I wouldn't discredit. I mean, Arizona, and NC State. Cause NC State's got. They're very thin. They're very thin ball club, but their starting pitching is really good, and they got two guys who could throw smoke from the left side out of the bullpen. And then Arizona, like you said. Uh, Brian, that offense is just great. And it's not, you know, a modern day offense where, you know, teams are hitting it out of the ballpark. No, they like, they make contact. They're a really pesky team. They put up 15 runs on Ole Miss to win the Super Regional. So I wouldn't count them out. Like you said, it's going to be hard to beat Vanderbilt. All right, we'll come back to this next week, obviously, with the game one going on as we're probably going to be on here. Uh, And then we'll make predictions for the finals. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. That way we can all be wrong. I can't wait to be even more wrong. (laughs) Hey, thanks, guys. No problem. No problem. All right, folks. 12-team playoff proposals to come, Super Regional Madness, and still some recruiting coming up later on for Florida in the next couple of weeks with more elite visitors. So we're going to keep that in mind with us. and uh, Keep up with us on ChopTalk.com as we cover all sports there and recruiting on chomptalk.com, but for Brian Fox Jr., for Ryan Haley, for Jake Hitt, and your boy David Soderquist, episode 47 of the Gridiron Growl Podcast. You know what we say here on the Gridiron Growl Podcast every single week in all kinds of weather. 16 playoff. That's what we say. Jake needs another beer. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but you know what we say here on the Gridiron Growl Podcast every single week in all kinds of weather. We don't just stick together, but unlike Jake, We also keep it together.